We're glad you're here this morning. I'm, I'm doing some standalone messages, and so I'm taking some uh, people of, of Scripture and just taking a weekend, and like a biography, and walking through their entire life. And so I've chosen Joseph for this weekend. So if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you can turn to Genesis chapter 39. Uh, so Genesis chapter 39 is where we're going to be. Joseph's life is all the way from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50. So we're going to go through a lot of scripture this morning. We're going to understand Joseph's life. And so Joseph's life is a life of overcoming adversity. It's overcoming a storm in, a life, in your life whenever a storm comes. And it's how to walk through adversity. And <coughs> so sorry, I'm still dealing with a cough. And so it's how to overcome adversity in life, but it's also how to deal with this issue of, of forgiveness. Listen, I'm telling you, unforgiveness in your life and unforgiveness in my life will destroy you. Unforgiveness is one of those things that's like a gift that just keeps on giving. In other words, that if you do not walk through the proper steps of forgiveness and you harbor unforgiveness in your life, it will not only destroy your life, but it will destroy the lives around you. So, so Joseph goes through some adversity, and he goes through some adversity. He goes through a storm because of some things people did or some things people said about him. And as a result of that, it sent him in, into a storm in, in his life. And so a little bit about Joseph. Joseph was, was, was born into a family of like all boys. Uh, he, was, he was his dad's favorite. And so as a result of that, it set up the, the family for a lot of, lot, lot of dynamics. And so he was dad's favorite. His brothers knew that he was dad's favorite. <coughs> other, <coughs> excuse me, other people knew that he was dad's favorite. And then it, but it didn't stop there. Uh, his dad uh, had him made like a custom-made coat. It was a coat that was tailored just for Joseph, and, and so Joseph got the coat. His other brothers didn't get the coat, and so Joseph was young and immature, and he was proud that he was dad's favorite. He wanted his brothers to know that he was dad's favorite, so when his brothers were, like, working in the field, Joseph would, like, put on the tux, the, the, the jacket, and he would go parade around in front of his brothers, just let him know he's dad's favorite. Joseph wanted to remain dad's favorite, and so he set up some horrible dynamics in the family. So as a result of that, he wanted to remain dad's favorite. So whenever his brothers did something wrong, he'd just tell dad. In other words, every time they did something wrong, he would tell dad, and, um, and they, they hated him. I mean, the scripture says they literally hated him. Um, things got worse when, when God gave Joseph a dream, and Joseph realized that one day that he would be like vice Pharaoh. He'd be over Egypt. Uh, there would be a famine in the land. His brothers would come to him for grain, and as a result of that, they would bow down before him and ask for grain. And so Joseph was dumb enough to, like, tell his brothers. And so he told his brothers, one day you guys are going to come to me. I'm going to, like, run this place, and you're going to bow down before me. Now, that, that was like, for them, that was a last straw. So they decided we're going to kill him. And so they devised a plan, and they were going to take him out, and they were going to kill him. And so, but he had a, he had a brother named Reuben. And so bro his brother Reuben stands up and says, don't kill him. Listen, every one of us needs a Reuben in our life. Every one of us needs a friend like Reuben in our life. When everybody's against you, there's someone that will stand up for you. Um, and so Reuben stood up for him. So they decided to throw him in a pit, and then they had a conversation. One thing led to another, and they ended up selling him into slavery. So they sold him into, into, uh, to the to Midianites. They sold him into uh, Pharaoh's household as a slave. So Joseph goes, he entered into to adversity. <coughs> Joseph goes from being the favorite in his family to like, to like a slave. So his brothers decided we need, we need to cover this whole deal up. 
So they took his jacket, they ripped it up into pieces, they poured animal's blood on it. They went to, to their dad and they, they lied about what they did. And they says, Joseph was, was devoured by a wild animal. All we have left is, like, is like, like his coat. So Joseph is now 17 years of age, was once his dad's favorite. Now he's leaving, living in slavery because of what his brothers did to him. Could you forgive a sibling if they did something like that to you? Could you forgive someone that has hurt you deeply, that it was because of something they said, it was because of something they did, that you entered into a storm in your life? This morning, I just want to talk to you about adversity. I want to talk to you about how to handle a storm in your life. How to handle a storm in your life and still know that God's in control, that God's sovereign, God's sovereign over your circumstances, he's sovereign over over people. And then I want to close a message of helping you understand personal forgiveness. Helping you understand to know when you have given someone total forgiveness so that you're no longer walking in the bondage of unforgiveness. So when you're walking through an adverse situation, a difficulty, or a storm, (coughs) the first thing to do is to commit, do not turn your back on God. Do not turn your back on God. You, you look at Joseph's life, and, and the situation was totally unfair. He knew that God had called him uh, to one day like be vice Pharaoh. He knew that God had a plan for his life. And now all of a sudden, he's going through adversity. He's going through difficulty in his life. And you never once see Joseph turn his back on God. Even though it cost him his, his freedom, you never see Joseph sin. You never see Joseph turn his back on God. You, fact is... You, even in this midst of adversity as a slave, he was obedient to his master, the man that was over him. And in fact is, he remained faithful to God throughout his entire life. You never find him doing anything wrong, even when it almost cost him his life. The Bible says that he stayed close to the Lord in the midst of a storm, in the midst of adversity. We picked the story up at Genesis chapter 39, verse 2. And we're going to read all, we're not going to read all of it. We're going to read a lot of sto- uh, scripture and go all the way to verse 50. Our chapter 50 as we look at his life. And so here's what the scripture says in verse 2. <coughs> He's in adversity and, and scripture says, And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him in a storm. The Lord was with him in, in adversity. So he exceeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him a success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his his livestock flourished. So so all of a sudden, Potiphar sees that God's hand is on Joseph. Joseph. Joseph is still faithful to God, even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of difficulty. He realizes that he has the gift of administration. He has the gift of organization. So Joseph gets one promotion right after another in Potiphar's house. Big deal, right? And so, but then all of a sudden, trouble hits again. Uh, The scripture says, we don't have time to read the verses, verses 6 through 11 in Genesis chapter 39. Scripture says that that Joseph was handsome and well-built. And this set up horrible dynamics between Potiphar's wife and him. And so Potiphar's wife was attracted to him sexually And so she propositioned him a couple of times. She tried to seduce him. 
and and each time he like he like said no to to her to her proposition. And uh, he said, how could I ever sin against my Lord who has been nothing but faithful to me? How could I sin against Pharaoh and betray him? He has been nothing but good to me. No. And so the last time, her last of attempt, she was, she was a little bit aggressive and she grabbed him by the coat. And Joseph said no and he, and he, and he took off running. He said no, he took off running and he left his coat in her hands. And so she, you know what, he, what she did with his coat? She goes to Pharaoh and she says, your servant Joseph tried to seduce me. All of a sudden, he's headed into another storm for something he did not do. He, he, he was innocent. And so as a result of that, Pharaoh had Joseph. We'll pick up the story in, in, in verse, verse 20. Pharaoh has Joseph thrown into prison. Uh, it, it was really his right to have him killed. So we, most theologians believe that Pharaoh didn't believe Joseph even did that. He believed it, it was his wife. And so he threw, he threw Joseph in prison, and from the age of 17 to 30, he went from being a slave, and now he's, now he's in prison. Uh, verse 20, it says, So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison. The Lord was with Joseph in the storm. The Lord was with Joseph in the difficulty of his life. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison, and he showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners over everything that had happened in prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. And then here you see again, the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. God was able to bless Joseph even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of difficulty, because he remained faithful to him. Yeah. Adversity is hard, right? A storm is hard, right? It, especially when it wasn't your fault. Especially when you were like innocent. And, and see, that was Joseph. And Joseph w- would be able not to turn his back on God. Joseph was able to remain faithful to God in the storm because Joseph's faith was not in his circumstances. It was in the Lord. And that is so important for us when we go through adversity, when we go through difficulty, is to realize, guess what? My faith is not in circumstances. My faith is not in people. My faith, my faith is in the Lord. If you ever go through adversity in your life, if you ever go through a storm, and all of a sudden you place your faith in the results, you place your faith in the circumstances, I'm telling you, you can get angry, you can get bitter, and you can get to the place where you want to turn your back on God. The reason that Joseph could stay faithful is because he knew that God is sovereign even in a storm. God can still bless. Joseph was able, it's amazing to me, even in the depths of his pain, he was able to see God's blessing in his daily life. Many of you have asked about the last two years of, of the Jones household and, and said you haven't, you haven't given us an update in, in quite some time. And so you know that we entered into a storm as a family two years ago. When our oldest daughter, Brittany, was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of a, of a brain tumor. And so over the last two years, she's had two brain surgeries, chemo, radiation, and then she gets, uh, she gets an MRI uh, every, every three months because of the aggressiveness of the type of tumor that, we're, that she's dealing with. And uh, I, I am so happy to tell you uh, just a little bit of an update. She's still, uh, she's still receiving clean scans. And so we, we thank God for that. Yeah, so, uh, 
So we, we, um, we thank God for that, and we thank God for his provisions, and, and because, in fact, is we have the two-year anniversary is coming up, and then, then we have another MRI um, next week, I believe it is, and so we, we, that's our rhythm. That's our rhythm of life. And so there, there's something about adversity, right? There's something about adversity that if you're, that if you're not careful, uh, all of a sudden, see, this is Joseph, and, and this is what we've had to learn. See, Joseph's focus was not on his circumstances. Joseph's focus was not on the storm. It was on the Lord. So many times when we go through a storm, so many times when we go through adversity, if you're not careful, the focus moves off of the Lord onto the storm. It moves off of the Lord onto the circumstance. And that's when you're tempted to give up. That's when you're tempted to get bitter. That's when you're tempted to get angry and say, it's not fair. I did the right thing. I'm living the best life I can, and, and it's just not fair. There's something about, listen, I'm telling you, there's something about adversity that is like this. It is like this. It's like this invitation from God for deeper intimacy with him. It's like adversity that teaches us how to pray. It's adversity that teaches us how to find, how to find something to be thankful for that day. At the, the end of our days, a lot of times, it, around the dinner table or, or near bedtime or something like that, it is just remembering, what are we thankful for today? What can we be grateful for today? What can we thank God for today? And the, so the first thing is this, is Joseph understood that, guess what? God's going to give me exactly what I needed. God's going to give me exactly what I need for that day. And he's going to bless me in the way that he sees fit. And so Joseph was able not to turn his back on God. The second thing is this, when you're walking through adversity, don't retaliate against those who hurt you. Do not retaliate against those who hurt you. I'm telling you, this issue of unforgiveness, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to share a personal story in, at, at the close of this message. I'm going to help you understand what is total forgiveness, what forgiveness is, and what forgiveness isn't. But I'm telling you, when you, when you go into a storm, and if it was because of someone's, something someone said, or is it because of something someone did, then do not retaliate against those who, who hurt you, even through adversity. You never once see where Joseph retaliated against the person that hurt him. He never retaliated against his brothers. We'll, we'll open up the scriptures and show you that. He never retaliated against Pharaoh's wife. Joseph understood that, you know what? God has a purpose for my life. And God's purpose for my life belongs to God and, and not to me and not to others. So many times when people go through hurt, whether it's because of someone, something someone said about them or did to them, that all of a sudden they, all of a sudden they try to change that other person, right? And all of a sudden, their focus is on how can I change that other person? Listen, you cannot change anybody else. And Joseph understood that, you know what? I'm not responsible for my, what my brothers did. I'm not responsible for what, what Miss Pharaoh did or what she said. I, I can't control any of that. But you know what I can control? I can control me. I can control that I continue to focus on the Lord, that I continue to follow him, that I don't turn my back on him. And I say, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm gonna, blow out of church. I'm going to blow out of reading scripture. I'm going to blow out of following him because you know what? It just doesn't work. And Joseph never retaliated against those who hurt him. Fact is, he, he worked on himself. See, Joseph's faith was not in circumstances. Joseph understood that it's not his job to change others. It's his job to simply be obedient to God. The problem is so many times when we go through, when we go through adversity, when we go through storms, our focus moves from the, from the Lord to the situation, 
And when your focus moves to, from the Lord to the situation, you can no longer see what he's doing. And you no longer see how he's moving. That's why it's important for us to know scripture. Listen, Joseph understood that no man, no woman, no person can keep God's will from happening in my life. Joseph got that. Listen, don't give people more power in your life than they have. Nobody can keep God's will from happening in your life. Nobody has that much power to where, listen, God is still in control. And so we can't change people, but we can, we can come to the place to where we follow him. His brothers, and we'll see at the end of the story, his brothers doesn't keep God's will from happening in their life by selling him. Pharaoh's wife didn't keep God's will from happening in, in, in Joseph's life uh, by, by some trumped-up charges or some false accusations. When you and I begin to see God in the midst of your situation, how he works in our life, it changes everything. In other words, this, adversity in your life and a storm in your life, it's really God's invitation to deeper intimacy with him. And there's something about celebrations of life. There's something about good times of life, right? We don't think we, we, don't think we, really, we, we really need him. But when we, when we have those questions, when we go through adversity, when we go through hurt, when we go through pain, that's when we draw closer to him. And so you have Joseph going through adversity in his life, and he's in prison, and and all of a sudden, the, the warden is, is like noticing his, his abilities and he's pro- promoting him. In 13 years, he spends in prison from the age of 17 the, to the age of 30 for something that he did not do. The fact is, when he, w- when he was in prison uh, for a short time, uh, he, he was still using his spiritual gifts. And the cupbearer and the, and the baker, they, they had a dream and they couldn't interpret it. And so Joseph interpreted it. And Joseph told them, says, says to the cupbearer, says, you know what? You're, you're going to get out of here. You're going to be restored to your, your position. And, and he says, but this is the only thing I ask. Remember me when you get out of here. And he, it came true. And the cupbearer got out, but he forgot Joseph for those 13 years. And when Joseph was 30 years of age, all of a sudden Pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't interpret it. And the cupbearer all of a sudden, you know what? I remember this guy in prison. His name was Joseph, and he ministered to me there. And he interpreted the dream there, and he can help you. And that's what helped break Joseph out of this because Joseph continued to stay faithful. He continued to follow God in difficult circumstances. And and all of a sudden, Pharaoh begins to bless him and his family. The third and the last principle is this. You have to forgive those who hurt you. And you have I'm telling you, you have to forgive those who hurt you. And I know what it's like to have been hurt deeply. And I know what it's like to have to process through. In fact, it is for me, and I'll tell you a little bit later, for me, it, it took a Christian counselor uh, for me to help me process out through some of my unforgiveness. It was like destroying my life. And so you have to come to the place where you forgive those who have hurt you. And so a lot of people believe the reason Joseph was in prison from the age of, of 17 to the age of 30 is it took him 13 years to process out his hurt to process out his unforgiveness so that God could use him again. And so here's a few principles about this issue of of unforgiveness or this issue of forgiveness. How do you know when when forgiveness has been demonstrated in your life? Because a lot of us have some false beliefs about forgiveness. Um, And forgiveness, when you forgive someone, it is not saying what they did to you did not hurt. It is not saying what they did to you was not a big deal. It is not saying to you, that there should be no consequence. It is not saying to the other person there should be no consequences. 
It is not saying any of that. Forgiveness is this issue. Forgiveness is, is, is one-sided. There's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness takes one, is one-sided. Reconciliation takes two parties. Sometimes we can't reconcile, even though we've forgiven someone, because reconciliation takes two parties. Forgiveness is one-sided. Forgiveness is not about them. It's about you. Forgiveness is what gives you freedom so you can move on in your life and someone no longer controls you. And so total forgiveness is demonstrated when you make the other person feel completely at ease in your presence. If you still have unforgiveness for that individual, for that party, for that group, whoever, man, when they show up at the office, when they show up on the job site, when they show up in church, when you see them in the community, when you see them at a party, when you see them at a gathering, and you still harbor some unforgiveness, you want them to know what they have done. You want them, you want them to like sweat BBs, right? You want them to be uncomfortable in your presence because you want to remind them. And so, so watch this. So, so Joseph has is, is now been promoted to vice pharaoh. He's in charge of, of the grain, the agriculture in, in Egypt. Uh, they're going through a famine. Uh, Joseph's family is like starving to death. So dad sends the brothers to go talk to vice Pharaoh. Joseph, they didn't know it was Joseph. They didn't know what happened to Joseph. So they get there. they asking him for grain. And they didn't know who it was. They didn't know they were talking to Joseph. Joseph realizes that's my brothers. That's my brothers. And so this is the reason we know why Joseph had processed out through his unforgiveness or, and, and was able to forgive them. Genesis chapter 45, verse 3, the scripture says, he said, I'm Joseph. Brothers, it, it's me. He said, and the first thing he wants to know, is, is my father still alive? He, he didn't know the condition of his dad. Is, is dad still alive? But his brothers were speechless. I guess so. They tried to kill him. And they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. And he wanted them to be at ease with him. And you know what he says? He says, please come closer. They probably, when they realized it was Joseph and they realized he had the power to put them to death, they probably took a step back. And Joseph says, no, please come closer. And he, and he said to them, so they, they came closer. And he said again, I, I am Joseph, your brother. This is so healthy. Watch this. Whom you sold into slavery. Forgiveness is not ignoring what someone did to you. Forgiveness is not talking about what someone did to you. See, Joseph, this is so healthy. Joseph says, I'm the one that you hurt deeply. I'm the one that you betrayed. I'm the one that you, that you sold into slavery. But in spite of that, I, I have forgiven you. And Joseph acted in, in kind to them. And he says, please come closer. And because Joseph wanted to, them to see the, the, the love of his eyes. He wanted to see them face to face. And see, it, it, it's hate that, that drives us to where we want the other person to feel uneasy around us. We want the other person to be uncomfortable around us. We want the other person to, to know that we're still upset. And here's another thing about total forgiveness. Total forgiveness is demonstrated when you will not allow the, the person to feel bad or angry with themselves. When you will not let the other person feel bad or angry with themselves. Watch this. It's just so healthy. He says, verse 5, And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. In other words, guys, we're all human. Man, we all make mistakes. Um, I, was, I was a little bit of a jerk myself in those days. And he, he just he wanted to make it easy for them so, so many times. So many times we, we want someone to suffer uh, before we're willing to forgive them. Uh, here's another one. Total forgiveness is demonstrated 
when you make it easy for the person to forgive themselves. That was Joseph, and so we just keep reading, and he says, but, but, but don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me in this place. So he was honest about what they did, and then watch this. And this is how you know. He says, guys, you don't have as much power over my life as you think. God ultimately has power over my life. And he says, he says, it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing or, or harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. In other words, guess what? God's in control of my life, not you. Don't give people in your life more power in your life than they really have. Andy, he is the one who has made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace, and the governor of all of Egypt. And so several different times, Joseph helped them to understand God's in control of my life, not you. And as a result of that, I'm going to focus on him and, and not you. Joseph understand that, that people are not in control of his life. And because of that, he was able to forgive. Here, here's the last one. Total forgiveness is demonstrated when we keep someone's sin hidden from the other people or the person who means the most to them. In other words, it's just between us. It was probably the most amazing principle that, that, I, that I, I, I drew out of, out of Joseph's life with this issue of total or this total forgiveness. Joseph, when you look at this, he never told dad what his brothers did to him. Joseph matured. Joseph learned since childhood. And so Joseph, listen, Joseph never told dad. He never hurt their reputation with dad. Joseph never even told Pharaoh what they had done to him. I mean, he had come to the place, listen, he had come to the place where he had totally forgiven them. In verse 8, watch what he says. He says, now hurry back to my father and tell him. This is what your, your son Joseph says. In other words, don't tell him what you did to me. Don't tell, me that, don't tell him that you tried to kill me and you sold me into slavery. Don't say any of that. He said, God has made me master over the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all of your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you and your household and all your animals will starve. In other words, it's this issue of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will drive you. Unforgiveness will drive me to, for us to tell everybody what someone has done to hurt us. We even try to destroy their relationships or, or their reputation to people that mean the most to them. I mean, it's this, it's this issue of unforgiveness that drives us to make sure everybody knows how they've hurt us. Everybody knows how they betrayed me. And a lot of times as a pastor, I spend a lot of time with people talking about the principles of forgiveness. This issue of unforgiveness destroys many families. It destroys many people. It's what keeps people moving on in life because they've been hurt or they've been betrayed. And as a result of that, they come to the place where they can't forgive. And so some people will tell me, says, you know what, you just don't understand what they've done to me. You don't understand how bad they have hurt me. You don't understand. They, they're not even asking for me to forgive you. Have you ever had someone like that? Don't answer it out loud. Have you ever had someone like that to where they have hurt you deeply and you could never move them to the place to where they acknowledge what they've done was wrong, that they acknowledge fact is they, they would do all other sorts of things? Joseph's brothers is so powerful. Joseph's brothers never admitted that they were wrong. Joseph's brothers never admitted that they had sinned. Watch this. Uh, verse 15. Uh, this is many years later, Genesis chapter 50. Uh, they'd been living in the land of Goshen for a long time. Uh, Dad had just died. His brothers realized that, and now they need to tell Joseph. And so his brothers were worried 
that now that dad is dead, that Joseph only said he forgave us, he really didn't forgive us, and now that dad's dead, he's going he's to get us back. He's going to pay us back. And so verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, in other words, and, and so your father gave us this command before he died. In other words, they're trying to say, Joseph, this is dad's last dying wish. Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke. They never came to the place to where they admitted it. They just said, Dad says you need to forgive. But they never owned what they did. And Joseph wept as a result of that. Verse 18, uh, his brother also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we're your servants. But Joseph said, Do not fear, for, I, for am I in the place of God. Listen, let me tell you something. When you withhold forgiveness, you're putting yourself in the place of God. And Joseph understood that. Verse 20, he goes on and says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about the many people that should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. When you know that you've truly forgiven is when you can speak kindly about the other person. That when they're in your presence, you don't make them feel uneasy. Joseph came to the place to where he learned to forgive. Joseph came to the place where he learned that, you know what? God's in charge of my life and not people. There, there was a period of my life and many years ago when there were some things that happened to me in childhood. And, and I, carried a, I, carried a lot of, I carried a lot of unforgiveness. And the unforgiveness in my life was, was literally destroying me. It was destroying the peace in my life. And even though these people are out of my life... Um, they were still controlling me. And so as a result of that, I don't know if you're like me, but as a result of that, it was like consuming me. And it was, it was, it was hurting me. It was hurting some of the relationships around me. And so, so I, I was continually going through in my mind what they had done to hurt me. You ever do that? And, I mean, it's like I'm rehearsing it over and over and over. And then there were times I would, like, tell God in case he wasn't aware of all the facts, right? It's like, God, in case you're not aware of how they hurt me and what they did, I just need to inform you one more time. This is how my, they hurt me. This is what they did to me. Uh, when, I, when I was around close relationships and the conversation would die down, I just start processing out my hurt. And I start telling them again how this person hurt me, what this person did to me. And they're hearing it over and over and over. And when I knew, to, knew I needed help is when I came to the place and I had a, I had a legal pad. And I even hate to admit this. I had a legal pad that I wrote out everything they did to hurt me because I was so worried I'd forget it. And I was so worried that I'd forget it because when I get to meet them again, I'd want to hold them accountable. And I didn't want to forget anything, any detail. And so I had this legal, and so it was literally destroying me. And so it sent me to a, a Christian counselor, and so, which became a friend. And I, I'm sitting in this, this counselor's office, and, and, uh, and, and he got frustrated with me. He's trying several different approaches to help me understand how to forgive and that I need to forgive them and I need to release them. And so, but I'm telling him, you don't know what they did to me. And finally, he got, he got frustrated, and he says, he says, Charlie, and he kind of yelled at me, which I didn't, I didn't think that was legal for a counselor to yell at you. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of hurtful. And so all of a sudden, he yelled at me, and he looked at me, and he says, a Charlie. 
He says, of course they were wrong. Of course they hurt you. You don't forgive someone who's right. You don't forgive someone who has blessed you. You don't forgive someone who gives you a, you don't have to forgive someone who gives you a birthday gift. You don't have to forgive someone who is nice to you. You don't have to forgive someone who speaks kindly about you. Of course they were wrong. That's why you have to forgive them. And if you don't forgive them, it's going to destroy you. Charlie, it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy you. And the, for the first time in my life, I realized that's why i got to forgive them. They're wrong. If they were right, didn't have to forgive them. I don't know if you know this, but, and I know many of us know the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. I just want to read one phrase. And, and so it says, and we pray this, right? And many of us started out maybe pr- knowing this prayer young in our life. And some of us have prayed this prayer as part of church services in our spiritual background. And so, and so we come to this line. And it says, and forgive us of our debts, our sins, as we, that, those two words, as we, so important. As we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, in the Greek, as we simply means this, the same as. You realize when you pray the Lord's Prayer and you come to this line and say, and forgive us of our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, you know what you're really praying? God, forgive me the same way that I forgive others. That would be helpful information before we prayed that, right? (laughs) God, you forgive me the same way that I forgive Joe or Barbara or Betty or Carl or a mom, or a dad, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a coach, or a supervisor. God, the same way I forgive them, you forgive me. Our freedom depends on forgiveness. Living in freedom depends on our forgiveness. A lot of times the reason that we can't forgive is we give someone way too much control in our life, and listen, they are not in control of your life. When Joseph started out his life, it was said that one day he'd be vice president of Pharaoh and that his brothers would come and bow down to him. I read that last verse, and we saw that it came true. Even though his brothers had lied about him, his brothers tried to kill him, Miss Pharaoh lied about him, and she got him in a lot of trouble. He was in prison for many years. Can I tell you this? Nobody kept the the will of God from happening in Joseph's life because he stayed faithful. You walking through adversity, you walking through difficult times. Is there someone that you need to release? You need to forgive? Listen, not for their sake, for yours. Forgiveness has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?